0: Um, well, I stole a little bit of the beginning of my talk, so I'll probably actually cut it down a wee bit. But <laughs> hey, um, <clears throat> um, I wanted to start really with a story. And um, it's a story about a Christian man who was once caught in floodwaters. And so, what he did is he climbed onto the roof of his house and he trusted God to save him. And a neighbour came by in a canoe and he called to the man on the roof and he said, Hop down off the roof and hop into the canoe, and I'll take you to safety. But the Christian man said, no thanks, I've prayed to God, and he will save me. A little while later, a police rescue boat came along, saw the man on the roof, and called to the man and said, hey mate, hop into the boat, and we'll take you to safety. But the Christian man said, no thanks, Um, I've prayed to God, and God will save me. Shortly after that, a helicopter came flying across, saw the man on the roof, hovered above, threw down that rope thing that they do, and said, climb up and we'll take you to safety. But the man once again said, no thanks. I've prayed to God and God is going to save me. All this time, the floodwaters continued to rise higher and higher and eventually they engulfed the house and the Christian man drowned. When he arrived in heaven he demanded an audience with God, so he was ushered into God's throne room, and he said to God, Lord, why am I here in heaven? I prayed for you to save me, I trusted you to save me, and I drowned. And God said to him, yes, you did pray to me, my child, and I sent you a canoe, I sent you a boat, and I sent you a helicopter, but you never got in. And the story often is that just as that man missed the hand of God in the canoe and the boat and the helicopter, we can also miss seeing God in the day-to-day details of our life. And so as uh, Jeff and and, um, Keith were talking about, what we do, we can lose our focus in this uh, Wintering Well series is actually about shifting focus, shifting our focus uh, from ourselves and the day-to-day stuff that just bogs us down to God. So let's pray. Father, we just um, commit this message to you and pray for your Holy Spirit to anoint it as only your Holy Spirit can. But Lord, we don't stop there. We just pray that as we journey together through this uh, series of shifting our focus, Lord, that we would indeed um, be able to shift our focus off those things that just get us down uh, to you Uh, shift our focus from our burdens to you, the burden bearer. I pray that in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So I've always looked at the word gratitude as actually being um, a grateful attitude, and thanksgiving is the first part of that step. Am I being ushered? What's that? Oh, was that... (laughs) Sure, yeah, sure thing. Here we go. Sorry yeah, it's um this it's morning worship. Yeah, right. I'm dataless, but that's okay. I can progress. So, <laughs> um, unfortunately, these Bible verses, but let's get them out there. <laughs> okay. Um, so anyway, where was I? Yeah, gratitude means great uh, a grateful attitude, and thanksgiving is the first pathway. Um, in that. Uh, so according to BibleGateway.com, um, it says that the word thanks is actually in the Bible over a hundred times. And so I wanted to look at four Bible verses, which will be on my notes, but possibly not on the screen. Um, the first one, and I have to chuckle, was Psalm 92, is the one that um, Mary mentioned in this morning. It says, it is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to the Most High, It is good to proclaim your unfailing love in the morning and your faithfulness in the evening. There's another verse in Thessalonians. It says, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. For those who worry, there's a great verse that I often have to stand on, and it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and don't forget to thank him for his answers. And the other thing, the final verse that I was wanting to share on the data projector, which is not there, um, is Psalm 100 verse 4. Uh, This talks about thanksgiving and it's a pathway to enter into God's presence. And it says that we enter his gates with thanksgiving and we go into his courts with praise. I love the way that the message actually says it. It says it says, Enter with the password thank you. May yourself, make yourselves at home talking praise, thank him and worship him. So what actually is thankfulness? And it's interesting because often in the Bible they kind of um, put together thanksgiving, praise, and worship. And Derek Prince actually defines the three. So he looks and he says, We thank God for his goodness, we praise God for his greatness, and we worship God for his holiness. Thanksgiving and praise, he says, are actually things that we do with our mouth, but worship is an attitude of our hearts. So if I was to look at that and actually think, well, what does that mean for my life? Um, I always think that when we thank God for his goodness, and that's, um, it's talking about thanking God for what he has done for us personally. So this morning we thank God for what he has done on the cross for us you know um, and that's absolutely a thing to be thanking God for all the time. But I believe it's more personal than that I think that God would love us to thank him for that set of green lights that you get all the way to work when you're running late or for that really encouraging text or email that you get when you're really down or but bet you've had this one, when you get a parking place right outside the place that you want, or better still, you get a parking place right outside where you want, with money in the meter. <laughs> That's a really good one. I love that one. So God wants us to thank us for those things in our everyday life. Um, when we praise God for his greatness, what we're actually looking at is God's character, you know, if you don't know God's character, plunge into the Word because that's the place where you find out who He is. But it's about His faithfulness. It's about He's a merciful God that He loves us. It's about He is a refuge. He's the place we go to when we're really um, just getting bogged down. How's it going, guys? Yeah. Uh, oh, good. We've got a little bit of progress. Right. It's looking good. So, okay, sorry, I got distracted. So, um, we praise God for His greatness, that's who He is, His character. And these are things, again, that we do with our mouth, but worship is an attitude of our heart, and it should be reflected in our day to day lives. What I like about what Derek Prince says is that he actually, there's almost a progression of this from our heads to our hearts. And most of the time, I think he says this, and I think there's an element of truth, most of the time, we can actually be so consumed with what's going on in our day-to-day lives, what's happening, that we focus inwardly instead of actually focusing outwardly to God. And thanksgiving is the first step in that progression. Psalm 100 also highlights this progression. It says, and I want to just talk about what that says, It says, shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Here's this one again about the progression. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever. And his faithfulness continues to each generation. Now, unpacking that a wee bit, um, my Bible says that Psalm 100 is an invitation to joyfully enter the presence of God. Um, However, the reality is, um, how often do we actually enter joyfully into the presence of God? You know, how many of you woke this morning and went, yay, it's Sunday, I'm going to church. You know, yay, Teresa, good on (laughs) you. You see the kids leave the church for their programs with such enthusiasm, but what about us as adults? And here I am, I can see all your faces, and I don't know if it's joy and enthusiasm that I'm looking at at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) And the great thing is that we have a God who understands that. He knows that life deals us with some really, really hard punches, and it's really hard to leave that in the door and come on in and praise him. he talks about this presence-entering kind of instructions, that we need to enter that with thanksgiving. Um, The reality is that often we have so much going on in our minds that it actually does prevent us from entering into the presence of God. So that progression helps us do that. And again, thanksgiving is the first part of that step. Praise is the second you probably thought actually that we have music at the beginning of the church service so that late people can just glide on and slowly and you know find their seats and there's a little bit of grace there. But actually there's some intentionality with that. And, and that is to actually have us come on in and actually actively choose to hang on God, let me just take time with you. Let me reflect on the words I'm singing and the music and take time to focus off what's happening and focus onto you. So church and corporate worship, they are only just a small part of our week. And I believe God's heart for each one of us here is that we would seek to walk in his presence all the time, not just on Sundays. And so how do we do that? How do we actually exercise a habit of gratitude? Firstly, I think that Thanksgiving is an action we take. It is not an emotion that we feel. So it's something that we actively do. We often recognize the spiritual practices of reading our Bible and praying, but I actually think there's a really important spiritual practice in regularly taking time to thank God. Learning to intentionally actually reflect on your day and to see where God has left his footprints is a really important practice to get yourself into. So how do I do that? I, again, um, I was looking in Psalm 92, I, I came across it, and you know how you have those haha moments sometimes just with scripture, and it really spoke to me. It said, you know, it is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to the Most High, and it talked of two practices. It said, it is good to proclaim your unfailing love in the morning, this is God's unfailing love for us in the morning, and his faithfulness in the evening. And so I just thought, you know, I look, I might start to actually start doing this and see you know see how, how things go. And so what I would do, I don't know about you but I am not a morning person. Gordon he's up and he's away but I'm not. I need a coffee so I'll often get up shower, have my coffee and I will go down and um, have time in God's word but I often you know I'd quite blank as I sit down like you know and so it's really nice to actually go to the Psalms. they are a really good place to actually start. Psalm 103 is a fantastic one. If you can't think of what to thank God for, look at Psalm 103 and it just starts you off. I also think this is a really good practice to give thanks to God in the morning because it's good to kind of envelope yourself in that before you head out on the day because the day can often be quite, um, it robs us of a lot of stuff. So we need to lay those foundations of who we are before we leave home. So as I say, I'll I'll often go to the Psalms first. Another thing is, um, you know, as we've talked, if you've invited Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, you have amazing privileges as a child of the living God. And I think we sometimes forget of the inheritance that we have. You know, everyone here who has accepted Jesus as your Savior is a child of the living God, and they are deeply, deeply significant. God has a purpose for you that he preordained. He's you are accepted by God and you are loved unconditionally, and with the rubbish that piles on us, we forget that. And so, it's really important to take time and actually focus on what um, you know the love that God has for us in the morning before we leave. Now, I know that not everyone has time to do that in the morning, but it's something you can even do in the car, you know, on the way to work or something like that. Hey, um, I have a handout here which is actually in the information zone. If you're not sure. Actually, the enormous inheritance that you have as a child of God, I would encourage you to take this home and read it. It's two parts. The first part is um, I statements of actually your significance, your acceptance, your security uh, uh, as an inheritance as a child of God. And beside it are scripture, scriptures that actually um, support the personal statements. Have a look at that. Spend time in it. Chew on it. Um, because it's really important before you get out in your day to know that you, no matter what happens, are loved by God. Okay, so that's the first part. The other thing is um, taking time at night to reflect on God's faithfulness. It's kind of, again, it's a time to just get rid of the rubbish that just envelopes us. And I don't know, look, I'm a a journaler, and so I, um, like writing in a journal, so I'll often sit in front of TV and actually, um, you know, write a few things. I try to think of maybe three to five things I can thank God for. Um, and what's really amazing about that is that because I've written it down, I can look back when I'm going through some hard times and actually go, hey, I could see your faithfulness in that God, thanks, you know. Um, if Look, I appreciate that not everyone is a journalist, so I would recommend, it's called the Gratitude Wind Down. And so what this is, is that you're kind of, you're just about to fall asleep, or you're just kind of trying to just still yourself to fall asleep. And instead of actually counting sheep, what you can do is actually start to think of three to five things you can thank God for. Where did you see God in your day? Um, it's a, a great practice, and I think when you go to bed with a, 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 an attitude of thanksgiving like that, you wake up really quite differently in the morning. So I'd encourage you, two things, check out God's unfailing love in the morning before you leave home, and then reflect on it at the end of the day. Now, there's lots of other ways that you can actually um, develop an attitude of gratitude. Um, music is a great way. I don't know if I've had a bad day and I've got to come home and cook tea, I will often put some Christian music on and knowing no one is watching me might dance around the kitchen. Occasionally Gordon's caught me, but that's all right. Um, the reality is that being thankful takes a bit of concerted effort at the beginning but becomes more and more a natural, part of your day. And the more we maintain an attitude of gratitude, the more joyful we will inevitably become. The thing is that joy is a fruit of the spirit. It's in you. But fruit requires cultivating. If you struggle to actually experience joy, I would really challenge you and encourage you to develop the practice of thanksgiving. Why is it so important to be thankful? Because thankfulness shifts our focus, as we've been saying before, back to the unfailing love, faithfulness and goodness of God. That is what we have our hope in. Um, Psalm 105, you know, it says, the Lord is good, the unfailing love continues forever, his faithfulness continues to each generation. I'm also very aware, and it was interesting to hear that prophecy this morning, that some people may be really struggling to see that the Lord is good. Uh, especially when you're going through really difficult circumstances. You um, You know, you may be grieving the loss of a loved one. You may be grieving the loss of your independence or your health or going through financial issues or there might be conflict in family. You know, these are not easy things to see God and be thankful for. But the reality is nowhere, nowhere in the Bible does it say that we will have an easy ride. And in fact, in John um, 16, verse 33, it says that we will have trouble. But what we have is we have a God who is willing to journey with us through that trouble. We have a God who says, promises, he will never leave us or forsake us. It's interesting, um, when I cannot see the tangible evidence of God in a situation The one place I go is the Bible, God's Word. It's the only rock that I can stand on when I feel like I'm in shifting sand. It's funny because sometimes that's the least place that you feel that you can go to Scripture. Sometimes people in those difficult circumstances really feel they cannot read the Word of God. And I've got to say, I think Satan has a field day. If he can keep you from God's Word, he will. And when you don't feel you can go there, um, you're missing out on a powerful, powerful offensive weapon uh, to fight those battles that are going on in your mind. We need to have scripture in our, in our we bullets, in our guns. So scripture's really important. Um, I've got a verse up here from Isaiah 43. This is one that I often will turn to if, if, if I'm really feeling um, overwhelmed. Uh, Now, for time's sake, I'm not going to read it as it is in the Bible, but at home I would read it first as the Bible, and then I would pray it out aloud, and it would go something like this. Lord, I'm really thankful that I don't need to be afraid. I'm really thankful that you love me enough that you have ransomed me. Um, You've paid a price. You've called me by name. I am yours. When I go through deep waters, you've promised to be with me, and I thank you. I don't do that alone." When I go through rivers of difficulty you send me canoes and boats and helicopters you will not I know I will not drown when I walk through the fire of oppression you will not I will not be burned up the flames will not consume me it's a promise lord I can stand on and I thank you for that uh, you you say that I am precious and honored in your sight and I thank you God is there but so often we miss him and it's important to actually Um, try and focus. When you can't see him in the big things, focus on the detail. 12 years ago, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. What's really interesting is that when Gordon and I went into the um, consulting room to get the results of the biopsy, and the surgeon gave us the results and said that uh, that it was cancerous, it was like a carpet had been ripped out from under my feet, and all hope had been lost, and I just couldn't see past anything past that diagnosis. And I remember, in hindsight, I remember I, I thank God, I thank God that I had a faithful, loving husband who journeyed that time with me. I thank God for people who prayed for me when I was not in a position to pray for myself. I remember. One stage, just wanting to, it was, I was having trouble sleeping and wanting to go out and just cry in the lounge. I didn't want to wake Gordon. I knew he had work the next day. He would have wanted me to. In fact, the next day he said, Well, I didn't wake me. But I just wanted to go out and I went out in the lounge and howled. And we had, our dog Steffi came up to me and snuggled in and got quite upset that I was upset. And I almost felt God saying, Deb, you're not alone, you're with me. It was seeing him in that detail. I remember having a peace that I know could only come from God as I was wheeled into the operating theatre. And 12 years later, I continue to thank God for his hand on my life during that. But could I see him in the enormity of that cancer? No, but when I look back, I could see him in the detail. And if you don't look, you miss him. So what things can distract us from gratitude? Uh, Complaining is a number one gratitude killer. Grumbling and moaning focuses us on what we don't have instead of what we actually do. You know, the Israelites were kind of number one grumblers and moaners. So they groaned and mumbled because they were in slavery in Egypt. So God rescued them and came up with a plan for them to go into the Promised Land. They grumbled and moaned because they had no food, so he gave them manna. They grumbled and moaned because they had no water at Mirabah. He gave them water. They grumbled and moaned when he showed them the promised land because the giants were too big. And God was over it. God says in Numbers, he said, The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, How long will this wicked community grumble against me? I've heard the complaints of these grumbling Israelites. Not one of you will enter the land I swore with uplifted hand to make your home, except for Caleb and Joshua. I'm thinking Caleb and Joshua didn't grumble. The thing with their complaining is that they, with their grumbling, could not see God in the detail. And there's another verse in Deuteronomy 8 that says that the Israelites' clothes did not wear out and their feet did not swell for 40 years. So I tell you, that's a miracle in itself, having clothes that don't wear out for 40 years. And I'm presuming with their feet didn't swell because obviously their shoes didn't wear out either. For 40 years, they missed that detail because of their grumbling. Envy is a gratitude killer. Envy robs us of seeing God's fingerprint on our own lives because we're so distracted at looking at what other people have. Envy, like complaining, keeps us focused on what we don't have instead of what we do. The opposite of envy is contentment, and how do we develop contentment? We develop it by... nurturing an attitude of thankfulness. I wanted to briefly talk about things that thankfulness is not. Um, It's not disregarding or burying our feelings and thanking God anyway. David gives many examples in the Psalms of his brutal, brutal honesty with God. Psalm 13 is a fantastic example. He says, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts? and every day have sorrow in my heart. How long will my enemy triumph over me? But what David chooses to do, he's honest and brutal at the beginning, but somewhere in there he changes his focus. And what he does is he moves from the pity party to actually saying, I'm going to praise God. And so he says, I trust you, this is verse 5, I trust you in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord for he has been good to me. Thessalonians 5.18 talks, we um, shared that earlier, and talks about God's will for us to give thanks in all circumstances. I don't believe God wants us to give thanks for the difficulties. I think he wants us to give thanks in them, and there's a difference, and we often get that mixed up. Giving thanks in everything shows a heart of faith that God is bigger than, than the difficulties that we see. So as I finish up now, I just wanted to share a reflective song with you. This song was written by Laura Story um, and the meaning behind the song is that she was, her and her husband were going through some big difficulties. Um, problems with his health. They were praying and praying uh, for God to do some healing. Nothing seemed to be happening. They finally got a diagnosis that her husband had a brain tumour. He went on to have surgery. He had complications with the surgery. and all of that, she could see God blessing others, but she couldn't see God blessing her and her husband with answered prayer. So she asked, this this, um, song kind of reflects on taking time to look at where she was seeing God blessing. So if I can get you to pop that on, that would be great. I'll just pray just as the worship team are getting ready. Father God, um, we just come before you today. Lord, when things overwhelm us, it is hard to see you in the detail, but I just pray. I pray that as, as, as people just... Uh, Leave that they would have a, a, a real desire to look for you in the detail. And Lord, I know that when people look, you are there. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would give people today a fresh revelation of your enormous love for them, of who they are as precious children of God. I pray that you would give them fresh revelation of your love, your, your faithfulness. Um, and Lord, may we be a people that are thankful for all that you've done. I pray that in Jesus' mighty name. I MEAN